With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual Selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to be with Drew Ferrara today. He is Area Vice President at Appian for it's since three and a half years ago. He has a team of team with four frontline managers and 15 reps. He is native from New York City, married with two kids uh, and work remotely for the last year. That, that is correct, Drew? Yeah. Hey, Gabriel. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely correct. I live in uh, Westport, Connecticut uh, with a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, my dog, my wife. Uh, things are a little busy and hectic in my house most mornings. That's great. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Appian? Yeah, absolutely. So, and first of all, thank you and appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come and speak on your podcast here. Um, so Appian is an organization that helps other enterprise organizations build applications and workflows rapidly. Um, with our low-code automation platform. Traditional application development takes months, years, um, sometimes up to, up to you know, two to five years, depending upon the complexity and scope of the application. Um, we're helping organizations build applications faster in a matter of weeks and sometimes days, depending upon the application. Um, so upwards of 10 times faster. Um, and we're doing that by low-code and making sure that people have reusable components, it's drag and drop, and it's just a lot easier um, to build applications on. And ultimately, we're combining people, technology, um, and data in a single workflow um, to help maximize resources and improve business results. Great. And before we start our conversation about leadership uh, and how to manage a sales team remotely, uh, could you tell us a fun fact? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a four-time marathoner. Um, I always like to joke with my team, first of all, the more you talk about marathons, probably the slower you are. And I am a very slow marathoner, but I do finish. Um, and I am the type of person that likes to run marathons for fun. So if you talk about grit, resilience, perseverance, um, running a marathon is absolutely a test of all of those. Yeah, sure. And this is some skills and qualities that you need to have as a seller. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we would like to, we wanted to speak about leadership and the way to, to manage your sales team and, and to give them building community, building recognition, uh, while being remote, uh, how do you do that? Yeah. So, um, I've been at Appy now three and a half years, uh, as a frontline leader now, more recently as the area vice president, um, building community is incredibly important. If you look at the last two years and how we've persevered and overcame. Um, people generally were in sales in an office. Um, there was kind of that bullpen mentality. You could learn from people. They were sitting right next to you. You could ask questions. Um, that's really changed over the last two years. Um, and so I think that there were great opportunities for 
organizations that had strong culture to continue to double down on that culture. Um, doing it remotely, you know, had challenges. We're learning a new way of operating and we had to adapt really quickly. Um, so early on in the pandemic, that was continuing to do the virtual happy hours, do the team building events, getting people together on Zoom or go to meeting conferences um, and just making sure that people were present. I think after a few months of that, you know, people naturally had some some burnout there, right? Because you're back on the screen for sometimes eight, 10 hours a day. So it's trying to figure out ultimately how you can overcome that. I think, again, it comes down to a strong culture. My organization today has a really strong culture. It comes down to leadership as well. Um, the playbook as a frontline or second line leader hasn't changed. Um, ultimately, the leaders that are successful are the folks that understand both the personal and professional drivers for their employees. Um, and so that's conversations in weekly one-on-ones. That's understanding where they wanna take their career in their next few years. Um, ultimately, it's understanding the person. And so regardless if we're virtual or in person, I think the strong leaders have been able to overcome kind of the complexities of the last few years because they understand their people, they understand what motivates them, um, and they generally care, right? I'm a very authentic leader. My team will joke um, that I, as a native New Yorker, probably curse a little bit more um, in front of general audiences than, than people do, but that's, that's me, you know? Um, and I think that I wouldn't do that in front of a customer unless if they did it first, but that authenticity is, is incredibly important. Um, and ultimately you need to make sure you're getting people together. Um, there's value there and that you're continuing to help them grow both professionally and personally. Um, another thing with the pandemic is everyone was at home, right? The first few months, my kids were in most of the meetings because they were at my house. Um, they, daycares closed and everything. So Ultimately, I think that was an opportunity for people to really get to know the person behind the person. Because a lot of times you show up to work, um, you might talk about your family, you might talk about your wife and your kids and your dog, um, but generally people don't see them. People have started to see them. Um, and so it's great because now I know people's names of their children. You know, I know their dog. I know just more about the actual person. And that goes as well with the individuals that we're selling to, right? You're in their home. You're understanding what's behind them. If there's, you know, memorabilia or pictures or books, you're really getting to know the full person. And so I see that as an opportunity. Great. And um, you're still at home at the moment. And I believe that your team is also at home. Uh, why are you going to stay at home for, for a longer period or it's just uh, still due to the pandemic? Yeah, it's, it's a mixed environment right now. So our headquarters is in Virginia. Um, we have a beautiful headquarters in, uh, in Virginia and it's, it's great to go and visit. And I've been there more frequently over the past year or so. Um, we're, it's a hybrid team at this point. Um, we're not going into an office five days a week at this point. I think most of people have found that you can still drive that productivity um, you know, with, being at your, uh, with being at your house at this point. Um, but it is a blend. We are getting more back into offices at this point, going on site with prospects and with customers. Um, we had our Appian World back in April, uh, which was amazing to get people back together to build that community. Uh, I think the days of getting on a plane for a one-hour meeting in Cleveland, Ohio um, are over. I think we were working on being smarter and more strategic about that. And so a lot of it can be done virtually. Uh, but you need to be incredibly prepared and smart about those interactions. 
Yeah, and and what you mean by being more prepared than uh, in person? Sure. So you know, when you're in person, you have maybe an hour meeting, but it's really two hours, right? If you take travel time, if you take the walk from the elevator to the conference room, um, you know, if you take kind of the 15 minute debrief with maybe your champion after the meeting, you get more exposure. Um, at this point in a virtual selling environment, you can get a lot done um, and you can really be productive, but you do lose that, hey, how did things go walking out of a meeting? Um, you lose kind of that ability to sometimes walk the halls because you're, you know, for me, I'm in Westport, Connecticut, they might be in New York. So going into that and having everyone as time crunched and back to back to back um, on a daily basis, you just need to be very smart. So going in and understanding ultimately, what are the goals of the meeting? What are you looking to accomplish? What are the calls to action? The other piece is ensuring that there's alignment with your champion or champions, hopefully, because you don't want to be single threaded to ensure that they're bought in, there's mutual understanding on what good looks like and what a successful meeting means. Um, and it's determining what those critical success factors are. Um, it's also ensuring that if you have your extended team, solutions consultants, CSMs, you know, your SDR, marketing, um, your technical organization, anyone that's in that meeting with you dialed in, um, or even in person, they're prepared. They understand the meeting, what you're trying to accomplish in that meeting. Um, and you're holding everybody accountable to ensure that it's a very productive and beneficial meeting for both sides. Hmm. Yeah, you need to be more prepared and everything to be uh, and at its top when, when the meeting starts. And Absolutely. you don't have time to, to, to have everybody getting together and having small talks and stuff like that. In fact, it's much more yeah. direct. Even driving uh, steps there, you know, I mean, if you look at it, you know, traditionally people will save the last five minutes in a meeting to talk about where we go next. Now everyone's saying, hey, um, they might be leaving a few minutes early because they need to get a drink of water. They might need to go let their dog out. Like there's that kind of uh, broader element that goes into there. So it's even the preparation, you know, maybe instead of five minutes doing that 10 minutes ahead of time to ensure that you don't lose people along the way. I think the other piece is, um, and I know we talked about this in the prep meeting, generally if people are not interested, they're going to pick up their phone and they're going to start kind of doing it. And you might not see it because they're not on camera. Um, so you have to make sure that you're keeping your audience engaged throughout and how you do that is proper discovery. It's understanding what the business outcome and how, what you're helping organizations solve for. Uh, because again, if you have compelling content, People will pay attention. They'll ask your question. They, they will ask you questions and they will stay engaged. If they show up to a meeting and maybe they don't understand why they're there, they don't understand the value and what it brings to them and their organization, you know, they're going to be checking Instagram in the background. Yeah, sure. And it's much more easy from home uh, and behind the screen and maybe to turn off the camera and then to turn off the mic and, and to do whatever you want to do, yeah. uh, which is much more easy uh, on, on a virtual meeting. So you, you really have to be uh, consistent uh, and it's easier on a one-to-one meeting than on a uh, multiple person meeting, but uh, that's it. Um, with your teams, um, how do you stay um, aligned with them? Or do you, do you recognize their work? Um, what do you do for that? 
Yeah, it's a great question. It's something near and dear to my heart. Um, and, you know, I stepped into the AVP role um, in a time of change and opportunity for the organization. And so um, my first really 180 days have been focused on, you know, obviously building community recognition. Um, there's a number of things to do. So um, we do above and beyond awards where we're giving out and recognizing people that have gone above and beyond in a quarter. Um, I call my team the Phoenixes. So we have a Phoenix award. We have an MVP award. Um, ultimately, like there's spot things we're doing along the way. Um, even next week, we're getting the team together to recognize success. Um, I think the one thing that's important as well, um, in an enterprise sale, while we would love to get wins um, on the, that hit the dashboard every single day, that's not always the case, right? Sometimes in an enterprise sales cycle, it could take six to 12 months in order to close a deal um, because we're dealing with large organizations, really driving strategic change and high priority projects. Um, so with that, I think the key there and how I arm my frontline leaders and you know how I've always approached running teams is finding daily wins, right? And then recognizing that as a leader, right? So what are the inputs and activities that result to great outputs? And so as a team, we collectively get together. Uh, yes, we do celebrate key wins, right? It's incredibly important to recognize folks for the effort that they've put into the sale um, and recognize the broader team as well, because you know, we're not just, it's not just the account executive. It takes an entire team um, to, to be successful in enterprise sales. The other piece though, is to recognize activities along the way. Uh, and I'll give you a perfect example. We are big on pipeline gen, like most organizations, right? And continue to have good top of the funnel inputs. And so we recognize, and we're doing even a contest right now across the Big East on meetings. And so in our Google group in the background here, um, this morning, there's a lot of flurry of activity, like people having a really successful morning, um, which is amazing to see. Um, and so we're recognizing that we're doing kind of a, a contest within that. Um, so just different ways and opportunities to recognize success. Um, and I think as a leader, regardless of a recognition program or what have you, there's always an opportunity to give people feedback. Um, and so I think the people that are most successful that have the high EQ as leaders are the types of individual or the types of leaders that individuals want to work for and they want to continue to work for. Right. And so I think, um, the frontline leader position can be incredibly tough, right? Sometimes you take a lot of the brunt and then sometimes a lot of, you lose a lot of the credit, um, which is part of the job. Right. And so I think that if you're looking at, um, how you can drive change, knowing your people, being organized, recognizing them and giving them critical feedback in the moment um, will help your teams buy into the vision that you're trying to establish as a leader. And as a leader, I learned that you need to recognize people in public. And if you have to say something that is more tough, you do it in private. Uh, how do you do that uh, in a remote type of works? Because uh, uh, before it was very easy to make some recognition in public to say congrats, uh, you just win and to do that in front of everybody. Uh, here is more difficult. Yeah, it definitely is. So again, I completely agree with you. You know, if there are opportunities for feedback and to maybe um, be prescriptive around behavioral changes, you definitely want to do that with that individual one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I'm big on transparency. My team knows that. Um, my wife knows that as well. We always joke about brutal honesty um, and, and how that kind of goes into play. But I think that 
it's a couple things. One, ultimately that authenticity as a leader, it plays in. So being transparent, you need to be transparent consistently. Um, you can't have some fits of transparency and then hold some cards to your chest. So I think one, if you establish as a leader, initially, you know, this is how I operate. Um, I'm going to give you the good news and the bad news. Um, sometimes you're going to want to hear it. Sometimes you're not going to want to hear it. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's for the organization and team's best interest. The other piece is, and then I'll get to your original question here, is that as a leader, you also need to have your team be transparent with you and provide the feedback and build an environment where people are comfortable in giving feedback um, and raising their hand and saying, hey, you know, we should continue doing this. We should stop doing this. Um, and come with solutions to potentially problems. I think that's incredibly important. And if you breed an environment of transparency and openness, people will feel comfortable in, in building that. Um, to your original question around um, how do you do that in a virtual environment, I think real-time feedback is key. So um, it depends on the situation. If it's a more um, heated exchange, right, or something like that, I think you want to give people the opportunity to maybe walk away and take it, take some time to get some perspective on maybe what worked or what didn't work. Um, but ultimately it's just saying, you know, do you have five, 10 minutes? Can we talk about that? Um, and going into those conversations, I think it's important how I've, how I've always approached them is to say like, what was your perspective? Um, how did that go from your side to try and get into that individual's mind to figure out, you know, why they went down that path or didn't go down that path. Um, because that at least gives you um, insight into the line of thinking rationale behind maybe the action. Um, and then ultimately, again, and this comes back to what I talked about earlier about caring for the person. If you have a good relationship, um, one that's built on trust, transparency, and mutual respect, then ultimately you can have those conversations. If you're kind of a part-time feedback and the only feedback you're giving is negative feedback to your team, uh, they're obviously going to react in a, in a more negative fashion because they're not hearing all the good. They're only hearing the bad. You know, it's really easy to give sometimes constructive feedback uh, than saying, hey, you did a really great job, which is why I think it's really important to consistently when you recognize great, um, great behavior and great activity to recognize it in the moment. That could be an email. That could be, you know, a message on the, the chat board in the background. It could be on Slack. It's just continually recognizing that um, makes people feel better. And generally, um, they're more open to good and bad feedback, I found. That's great. Thanks a lot. Uh, just for, for, the, for the people, for the audience to contact you if they like, uh, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I probably need to be a little bit more active on LinkedIn and being uh, prescriptive around posting, um, but you can absolutely, you know, reach me out there um, and, uh, you know, send me a message. No, it was really interesting. Thanks. And before I, I read the end, Utro, can you tell me what your feedbacks about the uh, sales deck that you yeah, tried during the... I think, um, you know, I got to experience it and had, you know, in our initial conversation and kind of go through it. Um, I like the I like the platform. I like the fact that you have different options. You can be flexible uh, with the different options and kind of having stuff preset, but then also have the flexibility to make changes on the fly. Um, so I think it's incredibly powerful platform. 
Thanks a lot, Drew. It was a pleasure. This episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedbacks. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team efficiency and sales readiness, enables remote management and vamp sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prep customer meetings. Thank you, Drew. Thanks. Thank you, Gabriel.